Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. Thanks for joining us today for an inspiring message from our West location. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Let's uh, just bow our heads in prayer. Pray this prayer with me in your spirit. Lord, open my spirit and my heart to receive your word. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be good ground, that the word will take root and spring up, will change our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would brood over us individually and corporately. I just pray that the Holy Spirit will brood over this congregation, your people that you've bought with your blood, that you're coming back for. So I pray today now that the word of the Lord will be clear, it will run and not be hindered, and it will bring honor and glory to Jesus. I pray in your name, amen. I want to read from uh, four different passages of scripture this morning. The first is from Romans chapter 14, verse 10 to 12. I'm just going to read part of the passage. It says, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So then, Each of us will give an account of himself to God. And to the Corinthians, Paul wrote in chapter 3, verse 13, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, Paul wrote, Therefore, judge nothing before the time. The word is kairos, which is appointed time. Therefore, judge nothing until the appointed time, until the Lord come. That's the time who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels or the motives of the heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. These are some of the most sobering words of the New Testament. For they speak about an appointment with the Lord at a place and a time referred to in the scriptures as the judgment seat of Christ. 
Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, which we usually quote to the unsaved, but was really written to believers. It states, as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. The New Testament talks about two judgments, the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment, and they're not identical. One is for the believer and one is for the lost. The judgment seat of Christ has to do with evaluation and reward. In Paul's day, it was known as the Bema seat, was a raised platform on which the judge sat to evaluate and to bestow the proper reward. In our day, we, it would be the equivalent of the Olympic judge bestowing the rewards on the winners and the victims, victors. In the great white throne judgment, it is totally different. It has to do with the passing of sentence, has nothing to do with rewards. Paul wrote each of these verses that I read to you today, lived his life in the light of that day. Said in Philippians 3 and 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. He likened life to a race and he said, I lay aside every weight, anything that hinders me. I put away my besetting sin, my weakness. I put all that aside because I have one thing in mind, and that is to run the race and finish it well and stand before the one with eternal rewards. So Paul said, I live my life focused on that day. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said, there's two days on my calendar, this day and that day. And all of us need to learn to live our lives this day in the light of that day when we have our appointment with the Lord. Let me say several things about the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to give you lots of scriptures, and I trust the word of God to impact our spirits and our hearts. First of all, it is a judgment for believers. Romans 14, 12 says, so then every one of us, not them, us. Second Corinthians 5 and 10 says, for we, He's writing to the church, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It's for believers. Second, the scripture is clear in telling us that it is inevitable. No one is exempt. You'll be there. I'll be there. There's no option. 
Romans 14.10 says, For we shall all, not some, we shall all, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14.12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And Paul, when he talked about this judgment, said every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. It's inevitable. I'll be there someday, and you'll be there someday. It's on the eternal calendar of God. Third, it will be an individual judgment. God is not going to call C3 Church. He's going to call you. He's going to call me. Romans 14, 12 said, we will give an account of himself. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 says, let every man take heed how he builds. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says we will be recorded, rewarded according to what he has done. I want to impress on us and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us today that we will be there to give an account of ourselves. Your spouse won't be with you. Your pastor won't be with you. You will be there and I will be there alone before Almighty God. It will be an individual judgment. Number four, it will be fair. Everybody starts from the same foundation. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 10, 11, there's one foundation. That foundation is Jesus. And we all build on that foundation. And the standard in the scripture is faithfulness, not success. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 said it's required in a steward that a man be found faithful. We're worried about being successful. God is concerned about us being faithful. And the, and the judgment will have to do with our faithfulness. Everybody doesn't get the same talents or abilities or opportunities. But it doesn't matter because that's not the standard. The standard is if I'm faithful with what I've been given to the task that I've been assigned, that's what's all important, that I be faithful. Number five, it will be Christ's judgment. It's not my evaluation, or it's not the evaluation of my peers, but it is the evaluation of Jesus. And here's what the word of God says. Hebrews 4.13, there's no creature hidden from his sight, 
but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. I might be able to fool you. I might even be able to fool my wife. But what I know without a doubt is I cannot fool the Lord. Everything is open and it's naked before his eyes. Psalm 90 verse 8 says about God, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. 1 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, Paul wrote, because he is coming under criticism from the church. They're saying about him, you're, you're not so hot to look at and you don't sound much better. <laughs> and they, they ascribed him all kinds of ulterior motives, like you're here for the money. But he wrote and said, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. In other words, Paul said, I'm not too worried about what you think. And I discovered as a pastor, I had to come to the same conclusion. Because often we have the option of either pleasing the people or pleasing the Lord. And, and lots of times in life you have to make tough choices, not just preachers, but all of us. And Paul said, it, it doesn't matter what you think what your evaluation is. He said, actually, even mine is not too accurate. But he rested in this assurance that the judgment of the Lord would be fair and would be right. And at the end of the day, there isn't much else that matters except whether the Lord was pleased. I pastored downtown church for 33 years, and they probably got tired of me saying this. But I would say many Sundays that what I'm concerned about when the lights go out here tonight is not whether you were happy, but I want to know if the Lord was pleased with what I did and what I said and what went on in that house. That's what's important. We are too often influenced by the opinions of others. And I've often said that my opinion isn't worth much, and forgive me, yours is not worth much more. <laughs> At the end of the day, there's only one thing that really matters, and that is the evaluation of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It'll be Christ's judgment. Number six, it is the judgment seat is about accountability. Romans 14, 12 says, So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. 
Jesus told a great parable that I'll refer, refer to at the end, perhaps. But he said to the stewards, give an account of your stewardship. There are three areas of accountability for all of us. First of all, we will give an account of our service and works. Let me read these scriptures to you. 1 Corinthians 3.13 said, Each one's work will become clear. The fire will test each one's work. Verse 14, If anyone's work endures, or if anyone's work is burned. There's two options. It says in one of the great parables that Jesus gave about the landlord who went away, and he said he gave to each one his work. Your work and my work may be different, but each of us have been given a divine assignment. We, we simply have to find out what ours is. But one day we will give an account of our works. Paul talked in 1 Corinthians 3.12 about two kinds of works. And he used the illustration, he said, there's gold and silver and precious stones. And there's wood and hay and stubble, straw. One is eternal, one is temporal. One is lasting, one is fading. If you put the fire to the gold, it only purifies it. But if you put the fire to the straw, I was raised on the farm before they had combines. And we had these great stacks of straw. They were big and impressive. But once a match was put to them, it disappears and there's this little bundle of ashes that are left. And, and so Paul said about our works, there are some things that are eternal. There are many things that are temporal. And God will bring every work into judgment. The second thing that we will be tested on is our conduct. I know lots of people think, well, we're saved by grace. So it doesn't matter how you live. You need to reread the Bible. It disagrees with that. The grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live righteously and godly and soberly. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body, whether good, that is, pleasing to God, or bad, and actually the word is worthless. So my lifestyle 
is either pleasing to God or it's worthless, not worth much, our conduct. Third thing that we will be judged on is our motives. 1 Corinthians 3.13 talks about our works and instead of what sort it is, what kind it is, not how much it is, what kind it is. And that's why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 4 and 5 and said, therefore judge nothing before the time. Every one of us need to hear that really clearly. We're not the judges. It's not time yet. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. It's easy to sit in judgment on other people and evaluate and say, well, that's why they're doing it. How do you know? Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Until the Lord comes. That's when it will happen. Who will both bring to light the hidden things and reveal the counsels or the motives of the heart. You see, it's not just what we do. It's why we do it. What's the motive? Jesus told story in Matthew chapter 6. And in it, he talked about three good things that be, can be done for wrong reasons. He talked about praying and fasting and giving. And he said, if you pray in such a way so that everybody is impressed, and they are impressed, then you got what you wanted, and you won't get any more. Now, that's fair, isn't it? That's what you wanted, that's what you got, and that's the end of it. Or he said you can fast and you can look like a sad sack and everybody will look at you and say what a holy man or woman that is. And that's actually what you wanted, and that's what you got, but that's all you'll get. And then he talked about giving and he said... Uh, it's time for Eli to make his annual donation. And they did it really up big style. They would have the trumpeters go before them. And the announcement would be made that Eli is bringing his annual donation to the synagogue. And Jesus said, what you wanted was the praise of people and you got it, but you won't get any more. It's fair enough, isn't it? So Jesus emphasized over and over again the importance of motives. And again, I want to say, as Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and 9, therefore we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to the Lord. You see, I could preach today so you'd really like me. And everybody likes to be liked. But I'm bringing this word today because I want to please the Lord. 
I'll leave it there. <laughs> Let me wind up the message with these last thoughts. The judgment seat of Christ is about rewards. It's not about whether you get into heaven. You'll get into heaven because one day you gave your life to Christ and he forgave your sins and you are on your way to heaven. You can count on it and take it to the bank. But the judgment seat has to do with rewards and rewards can either be won or lost. Again, let me read the scripture. 1 Corinthians 3 and 8 said, Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Chapter 3, verse 14, he said, If any man's work which he has built on endures, he shall receive a reward. Revelation 22:12 Jesus said behold I am coming quickly and my reward is with me In the New Testament the rewards are called crowns and there are six of them which I'll not enumerate but rewards can also be lost It's a very sobering thing 1 Corinthians 3.15 says, If any man's work is burned, he will suffer loss. Eternally irrevocable. He will be saved, but he will suffer loss. It's like if you build a house out of combustibles and it catches fire and you run out you are saved, but your labor is in vain. John wrote this, 2 John 8, look to yourselves. This is an individual matter. And I want to press that just a little bit today because I hear people over and over again say, but the church, the church. You know, I'd be better if the church was better. No, we need to look to ourselves, honest. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. First John 2.28 says, little children abide in him. Stay close to him, that we may have confidence and not be ashamed at his coming. Revelation 3.11 says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one take your crown. Let me close with this. A lot of people have said to me over the years, Pastor Finn, I'll just be happy to get there. I'm, I'm not concerned about rewards. Well, I want to say today, I am. 
I am really seriously concerned about a reward. And here's why. In the book of Revelation chapter 5, it says about the elders who I believe are a picture of the church. It said when they stood in the presence of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, they took off their crowns and laid it at his feet. And I want to tell you today why I want a crown really bad. It isn't so that I can walk up and down in heaven and say, hey, everybody, see? I got three. Oh, you only got one. I don't want it for that. I want a crown so that when I stand in his presence, the one who loved me, gave himself for me, who's never left me and never forsaken me, I want to be able to take that crown and lay it at his feet. Because everything I've ever been or ever done or ever will be, I owe it all to him. All to him. Let's just bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. In a moment or two, we'll open the altar if you'd like prayer. Then as we sing the last song, I invite you to come. But I'd like us to take just a few moments of reflection. Just ourselves and the Lord, no one else not about the church. It's about me and it's about you. And I want us just to reflect on our appointment with the Lord. I'm not here to scare you or beat you up. I just want that when you stand in his presence that you'll hear his words well done good that has to do with our conduct and faithful that has to do with our works so that you could hear him say well done that's what I want for you that's what I want for me I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say that but I want that for you too that you'll hear his words, well done. Becca's going to lead us, sing along. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.